Somebody say amen. You're a beautiful crowd tonight. You know what? I just feel like I have to say this. There are three teachers in the house, and I want to say that you guys are underappreciated. I'm just saying. I know who you teachers are. You guys are underappreciated. And um, I've got to really work hard tonight because I've got three teachers and an attorney in the house. So I really got to, I got to sound smart. <laughs> My buddy Larry's laughing at me. I got to be smart tonight. I want to talk about being kingdom minded tonight. Kingdom minded. What does the word say? Think not that you're going to receive from God if you're double minded. Now, as we are being renewed in our mind, it's normal. And I want to go over this with you. It's normal to waffle back and forth sometimes. We go from an earthly mindset to a kingdom mindset, right? We have some areas where we can walk strong in the kingdom over, and they've got, we, have, we have some areas where our soul gives us so much grief. Somebody say, I understand, because I'm right there with you. There's some areas that my soul, man, I'm telling you, I have to work at it. I have to apply the word. I have to focus in on what God said to think like him. In order to receive the blessing of the kingdom, I have to know how the king thinks. Amen? So I want to go over something very quickly with you. Sharice, she is my helpmate tonight. I love Sharice. Do you dress guys too? Okay, might hire you. Give me the earthly mindset. Now, this is an earthly mindset, a fixed mental attitude or disposition. Stop right there. That disposition, that's how you think. That's how you are set. Your mind's going to constantly go right to that point. Boom. Y'all got me? that predetermines or decides in advance a person's responses to and interpretations of all circumstances. Now, follow me over here. See this guy right here? He is completely earthly-minded. Earthly-minded in my disposition, I am going to only begin, be able to consume what I see, touch, Taste, smell, or hear. I'm going to be completely guided by my senses, right? Now, show me what a, huh? Hold on, okay, all right, hold on. I'll, wait, I'll, wait. I'll go over it again. A fixed mental attitude or disposition that predetermines or decides in advance a person's responses to an interpretation of all circumstances. Let me break this down a little bit further. Hmm. My predisposition is going to be how I think socially, how I think politically, and how I think economically. I'm sounding smart now, aren't I? I like it. Thank y'all. Y'all tell me I'm smart. I got a lot of smarter people around me. Amen? How I think socially, Politically and economically. Boom. Now, <clears throat> a kingdom mindset 
does everything opposite of the world. Everything opposite of an earthly mindset. Now, Sharice, give me the definition of a kingdom-minded mindset. A kingdom mindset. A fixed mental attitude or disposition, the way I think. Ruled by who? God. Governed by His perspective. His will. His will again. His purpose. His plan. And desires, and, and plan and desires that predetermines or decides in advance a person's response to an interpretation of all circumstances. You get this? Now, my disposition now is going to change on how I think politically, how I think socially, and how I think economically. I'm going to get deep. Actually, that's about as deep as it gets. <laughs> Come on, I love humor, right? Everybody just laugh. It didn't laugh good. A merry heart. It's like a medicine. Amen? One more time, a fixed mental attitude or disposition, how I think, ruled by God, governed by His perspective, governed by His will, His purpose, plan and desires that predetermines or decides in advance a person's response to an interpretation of all circumstances. Now, as we are going from glory to glory to glory, the issues in our soul that weigh us so heavily down that we can't move past is, the, is those, those are the issues I need to attack with the kingdom principles. Those are the issues that I need to be speaking the kingdom over. I have to move how my earthly mindset has always predetermined how I thought, and I have to move into a kingdom mindset. Amen? Now, come on, now how many of you fail at this? Right? Well, I'm going to give you some great news. There were some powerful men of God who failed as well. If you're going to be in this kingdom, you are going to fail. But it's okay. I want to, I want to show you something. You ready, Sharice? I want you to go to Matthew 16, 21 through 28. Matthew 16, 21 through 28. I want to show you what Peter did. I want to show you that in chapter 15, Peter got it so right. And in chapter 16, he got it so wrong. Right? How many of us do that? We get it so right and we get it so wrong. And we're doing this up and down, up and down, up and down. But there comes a time. My God, hear me. There comes a time when this mind all of a sudden, and it takes the Word, it takes worship, and it takes communion with the Father. When we steady out, we get on this line, and we don't move from this line. Come all of it that comes toward us, we stay right here. How many of you want to be right here? I've had all that I can stand. All right? Matthew 16, 21 through 28. From that time, 
Jesus began to show His disciples that He must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Then Peter took Him aside and began to rebuke Him saying, Far be it, hold on, back up. Far be it from you, Lord. Peter pulls Jesus aside and rebukes the Son of God. Can you imagine this? Now understand something. Let me tell you what was going on in Jerusalem at this time. Let me tell you what Peter's really thinking. Because see, they were under Roman rule. They could not hang their clothes out without Roman permission. Peter was not wanting Christ to die. He was wanting him to set his throne up in the temple and rule and reign from Jerusalem now. That's what Peter was thinking. Now hold on. Go back for me, please, so I can get my place. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord. This shall not happen to you! Exclamation point. He was passionate about what he was saying. If somebody came in here and was about to take one of my ministers out, I'd have exclamation points behind my name. But he turned to Peter, and turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. For you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Now see, Jesus is not calling Peter Satan. Okay? He's not calling Peter Satan. But he's reminding Peter that there is an enemy in your soul and you are not being kingdom minded. You've got your mind on an earthly rule you want me to do right now and now is not the time. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. Next verse. And follow me and whosoever desires to save his life will lose it. I'm going to stay right here just for a second. Because this is one of those parts in that soul thing. Earthly mindset. What am I going to have to give up? I'm the only one dealt with that. I'm the only one. Oh, I got two hands. I tell you what, he said, there'd be no liars there. Come on, somebody better raise their hand. Because we've all struggled with that. Right? What I have to give up. It's not about what you have to give up. It's what you're going to gain. That's what's going to be important. Is what you have to gain. And who... But whosoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in all his glory of his Father with his angels. Now, hold on a second. I said Peter got it so right one chapter before. Now, you want to know what he said? Jesus came to them and he looks at Peter and he says, who do you say that I am? 
And he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus looks at him and said, blessed are you, Simon, for not flesh has revealed this to you, but my father is in heaven. And furthermore, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Pretty strong words, right? Pretty good. Peter got it so right in 15 to turn around and get it so wrong in 16. If the apostle Peter got it wrong, I think I'm okay. I think I'll make it. I'm going to make it. And so are you. But now's the time. See, there's a shift and a transition. This is the year of transition. Transition. I start thinking differently. Man, I'm burning up. This is the year of transition. And we're going to think differently. We're going to start focusing on the kingdom and how the kingdom is ruled and how the kingdom operates and God's will. He said, hey, our Father who art in heaven, when He was teaching them to pray, He said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. See, a kingdom-minded person, he wants the will of the Father to come forth because that's the Father's desire and that's the operation of the kingdom. Amen? And he will reward each according to his works. So surely I say to you, there are some standing here who shall not taste death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Can you imagine hearing a trumpet blast? You're walking in the kingdom and you'll never see death. Wow. I can just tell you, just from experience from my father-in-law, I can't stand funerals. I can't, it's just, it's the uh, it's, uh, things that make you go. <laughs> but if I'm ready, if I'm ready, it's just the beginning. Amen? Praise God. So now I just showed you. It's okay if now you failed a time or two. Because you're going to. Lord have mercy I have. Are y'all following me? Like getting in this flow? Say I want to be kingdom minded. Amen. Alright. Now I want to give you an example of a church. That absolutely blew it out of the water. I mean they had it right. 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 The word says, through many tribulations, we will enter into what? Through what many? Tribulations. Okay. Miss Charisse, sister, give me 2 Corinthians 8, 1 through 9. I'm going to go back and read this, and then I'm going to tell you something very powerful. Now, this is Paul talking to the Corinthians. Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God. Chris was talking about grace earlier. Grace? I got, an, I got an, a definition for grace too. It's God's supernatural ethics working on your flesh to benefit you. It is His supernatural 
essence of who God is coming down to favor and benefit you. Moreover, brother, we make known to you that the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their what? Joy. And their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, that's grace, they were freely willing employing us with much urgency that we would receive the gift. Oh, come on, mark this now. Receive this gift and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. Paul's talking to the Corinthians about the Macedonians. And not only as we have hope, but they first gave themselves to who? The Lord, and then to us by the will of God. So we urge Titus that as he begun, so he would also complete his grace in you as well. He is giving the Corinthians firsthand information about somebody who's got it right. Now, let me tell you about this church that has it right. Because the word says, back up, if you will, for me, um, oh, Therese, please. Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia that in a great trial of affliction. The word does not tell us what this great trial of affliction was. But let me tell you what in history, what was going on in that, in that arena at that time. See, this letter to the Corinthians was written somewhere between 50 and 55 to 58 A.D. All right? You know who was ruling Rome during this time? The Emperor Nero. And he was one of the most ruthless, ruthless, ruthless men that, that he persecuted Christians for fun. For fun. So where the Bible doesn't tell us what the great affliction was, it was almost assuredly political. Nero had his own mother killed. And there was a great fire in 60 AD in Rome. And three quarters of the city burned. And they murmured against Nero and said, you did it for your own joy. And he blamed it on the Christians. And to make examples, let me tell you some of the things he did. Because I want to ask you something. Has any one of you really been in great affliction? Have you ever felt like you were afflicted? Have you ever been afflicted? Great affliction, great persecution. Let me tell you, we don't know in this country what great persecution is. We think we do. We get sad sometimes because things are not working our way. We don't know what great persecution is. Because during this time, he would tie the skins of animals with meat on the backs of Christians so the wild dogs would attack them. He would crucify them and mock them. And he would burn some of them. And as he did this, he set it up as a circus. This is great affliction we don't know great affliction 
great affliction is two or three years ago or two years ago I believe it was that about 25 Coptic Egyptian Christians were lined up on a seashore in orange suits while their enemies took knives and beheaded them as they screamed Yeshua, Yeshua that is persecution that is affliction our affliction is just for a moment just a light sprinkling of how God has blessed us so in this country Somebody say amen. So when great, this is what was going on during this time. Now can I say this was actually their um, affliction or their persecution? No, but this was happening during this very time. And I could go on story after story if you want to know what great affliction is. Because we don't know. And I don't mean to be hard because sometimes I whine and complain. And I shouldn't whine and complain. I don't want to invite the destroyer in. Notice how much God loves us. We haven't had that in this country. We can come here freely and worship. We can go out in public and go out with somebody on the street and say, do you know Jesus without being thrown in jail? Nobody's throwing us in a den of lions. How many of you have ever seen the movie Gladiator? With Russell Crowe. You remember that movie? You remember how they went into the arena and they fought? They did that to Christians, but they didn't have weapons. It was just a slaughter. Turn the lions and the tigers out to them to rip them to pieces for their viewing pleasure. I wanted to paint this picture vividly because I want you to understand what real affliction is. She's afflicted. Amen? In this great afflictions, the Macedonians found something so profound. Joy. Joy. Moreover, brethren, we make known to you that the grace of God bestowed on the church of Macedonia that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy... Number one, I want you to write this down. Whoever that mom is, she needs to go. (laughs) Number one, I want you to write this down. A kingdom mindset is joy. We used to have a thing a couple years ago or a few years back. We we teased everybody and we, we, we laughed. Joy, joy, joy. 24 hour joy. Y'all remember something? Some of y'all remember that? Joy. Joy is a choice. Mm-mm-mm. Joy is a choice. Praise God. Look at Sharice. I love that woman. Go back to my scripture, please. That's perfect. That's what I wanted. But as you abound in every. Oh, back up, please. Yeah. That in great trial, the affliction of abundance of their joy and deep poverty. Not only were they afflicted, but they were in deep poverty. What is deep poverty? Deep poverty. Let me just say this. We don't truly know poverty in this country either. We know lack. 
but we do not know poverty because every one of us will go home tonight and sleep on a bed. Every one of us. Their joy, I love this, their joy was greater than the depth of their poverty and their affliction. That's it. That is it. Their joy was greater than their poverty or their affliction. In your affliction, your joy will overcome your affliction. The abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. In other words, now they found the other principle that was with joy and to have a kingdom mindset. Get ready for this, Sharice. I've got to be a cheerful giver. A cheerful giver. Notice the, and when I read the scripture, he, they were absolutely telling Paul, take the money. Take it. Don't leave us out. We want these saints to minister to. Now understand something. If what was going on with them and Nero and they were being this persecuted, their heart was for somebody else. A kingdom mindset gives liberally. We're going to get into this a little deeper in a few minutes. Liberally. Yeah, I like that. Love, time, and money. We're going to get into that in a few minutes. I'm not there yet, but that's great. Go back to the scripture for me. For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing. There's the grace. Y'all see this? There's the grace. Next, next scripture. Imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And not only as we had hope, but they first gave themselves to who? A kingdom mindset is. Write this down. I submit myself to the Lord. A kingdom mindset, we stay submitted Notice what they did. They so had this order perfect. They submitted unto the Lord. Then what's the next thing? And then to us by the will of God. What was Paul? I'm sorry? He was an apostle. So to be kingdom mindset, I've got to be submitted to the Lord. Then I've got to submit to fatherhood. We know this. I'm being redundant. Right? We know this. So we urge Titus that as he had begun, so he would also complete this grace in you as well. Hold on just a second, Sharice. I think I got something else I wanted you to throw up. That was 2 Corinthians 8, correct? Yeah, go to 2 Corinthians for me. I didn't write this down, but I found this this afternoon. I'm becoming 
like my spiritual father, uh, halfway on the way here, I'm changing scriptures and adding scriptures. 2 Corinthians 8, 6. Excuse me, 9, 6. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. In this kingdom mindset, think about Romans 12.1. I beseech you, brother, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to him, for this is your reasonable service. I become a servant and I become a giver. I give myself and I give what I have. We follow me? We get this? Okay, now, not going to go long. I'm finishing up. I want you to go to, first I want you to go to Luke 9, 12, Charisse. When the day began to wear away, the 12 came to him, 12 came and said to him, send the multitude away that they may go into the surrounding towns and country and lodge and get provision, for we we are in a deserted place. Okay? Now, Sharice, if you'll go to John 6, 1 through 13. John 6, 1 through 13. I'm building. This is the feeding of the 5,000. I want you to, I want you to, most, all of you know this story, right? Know this story. After these things, Jesus went over to the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs, which was performed on those who were diseased. And Jesus went up into the mountain there, and he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, Passover, a feast of the Jews, next verse, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming toward him. And then he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to test him. For he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered and said, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them that everyone would just get a little bit. By the way, 200 denarii was a half a year's salary. One of his disciples, Andrew Simon, Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here who has five barley loaves, and two small fish. But what are they among so many? Now, come on now. Now, let's talk about an earthly mindset. Now, let's talk about a kingdom mindset. Right? Jesus knew what was going on. See, this miracle is the only miracle in the Bible that is recorded in all four Gospels. That's how important this is. Because the natural earthly mind said, we can't do this. There's no way. There's no way to feed these people. Even if we had the food, do you know how much time it's going to take to sit 5,000 men alone down, let alone the women and the children? Scholars estimate there could have been fifteen to 20,000 people there. So how does that happen? How does that happen? But listen what Jesus does. Because Jesus is operating in the kingdom. He was the kingdom. See, he didn't see lack. And see, that's a mindset. Oh, 
I didn't write that down, but that just hit me. Another kingdom principle is I don't see lack. I move from that mindset. I don't see it anymore. Train your mind. It doesn't matter what the facts are screaming. It's not the truth. The truth says everything I need is in the kingdom. Everything I need is in the kingdom. Make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in this place, so the men sat down in a number about 5,000, and Jesus took the loaves of the two two fish and five loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish as much as they wanted. Back up, please. I want you to see something here that you just missed. And Jesus took the loaves and when he had given thanks. This is the powerful thing because it's not, it doesn't matter what I don't have. When I begin to give thanks what I do have, then that grace that Chris was talking about begins to come over because now I'm going to be operating in the kingdom. I'm going to give thanks for what I have. And what do I have? She put it up there just a few minutes ago. I have time. I have money. And I have love. Time is my talent. Love is my affection. What's the other one? Money is what I have so I can bring somebody else what they need. See, the Macedonians got it. They were going to be joyful because the kingdom mindset is what can I do to advance the kingdom? Write that down. What can I do? A kingdom mindset is what can I do to advance the kingdom? It's a new way of thinking. I'm going to sow in my time, my talent. I'm doing that now. I've got money. I can sow to somebody with money. I've got love. You ever just needed a hug? Is it too difficult sometimes just to hug somebody? Be, be the servant. Be the one who gives. Give, give. If I could sit here and discuss something for the next hour, it was I wish that you would get the spirit of liberality on you that the Macedonians had. And it welled up in you and it began to get inside of you so much so that you didn't care if you gave away everything that was in your pocket. You didn't care if you saw, invited somebody home. You need my furniture? Take it. Let that become your your. Your thought process. I'm not saying oh, give all your things away. That's not what I'm saying. But if the Lord instructs and you see somebody that needs something more than what you need and you can help them, it becomes wrong for you not to help them. Amen? So in this love, time, and money. Man, the Macedonians were all over Paul. We heard you, man. Take our money. Take it. I want these other, I want these Corinthians. I want them to come where we've get where we've coming to. I want them to get to the level what we're doing because we're operating in abundant joy and giving. Because that spirit had hit them and come upon them. 
It takes a little practice. Amen? Remember what I said? Fail at the beginning? But we start, you know, I've repeated this many times. I love what Joyce Meyer said. I got to think about what I'm thinking about. I got to think about what I'm thinking about. I got to start focusing myself. I've got to start separating the world and it becomes clear to the kingdom. And it's only then will I truly lose my life and gain it. Amen. Oh my goodness. Jolanda, see, there's going to come a time when you pull your checkbook out, honey, and you start writing that little lady down the street that's by herself that doesn't have anything, that's got two kids and no grocery money, you take out a check and you begin to write it out to them. And you go down to the street and you hand it to her. And she hires, hauls it to the grocery store immediately and buys food. But see, there's going to be a time when love, with some of you that are, that are introverted, where you'll be able to love somebody that you couldn't love before. And you can go up to them and hug them. There's some of you that's going to be spending time... You, going you you know who hurts the most some of these old folks at these old folks homes let me tell you what you go in and sit down there you can't get away from them they will eat up any conversation that you would have with them just somebody to show them a little bit of love somebody just to sit down and go hey how are you doing do you have a family it'll open up a door I've been there I've seen them they'll begin to talk and you can't even end the conversation when you go walk out and you go I shouldn't have said that but no you should have said that let love see to be kingdom minded is just to be pure love pure love amen this is good message you guys getting this I only preach what God's telling me I gotta change right we all learning together but there is a shift going it's a shift happening. It's happening whether you want it or not. If you stay in here, it's going to happen whether you want it or not. It's going to come. You're either going to run out the back door and go scream, I can't take it anymore. Or you're going to go, hallelujah, I got it now. I'm beginning to feel this joy he's been talking about. Amen. It's coming whether you want it or not. Praise God. Second Corinthians nine, my last scripture. Second Corinthians nine, six through nine. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly. Or of necessity. I'm going to stop right there. Because I can't tell you how many times in church in the last 30 years. I've written a check out of necessity. Praying God would take my offering. And multiply it and send something back to me. Brothers and sisters that's error. Completely error. You can't give out of necessity. You have to give out of love. Your love for the Father, your love for that kingdom, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Amen.
So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace. Chris, she was all over it tonight on the grace thing, buddy. All grace, God's supernatural coming toward you. Go to verse 10. Please. I'm sorry. Back up one. I, I can't. I lost my place. Always having. No, no. Back. Oh, you added 10. Is that what you did? Always, ha always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work as it is written. He has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread or food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Amen. I want to say one more thing in closing. When Jesus rebuked Peter, Jesus had a kingdom mindset and he went all the way to the cross and he became impoverished and poor so you could be rich. That's my closing statement. Praise God. My goodness. You are an awesome group. Were you blessed by the message tonight? So what are we going to do? Are we going to start focusing on being kingdom-minded? Amen? Praise God. Praise God. Everybody good? All minds clear? See, we don't have to lay hands every service. Because the Word... We're working from the dispensation that that is starting to go away. We still lay hands. Nothing wrong with laying hands. But the word is going to transfer, transition minds into the kingdom. Amen? Stand to your feet. Father, I praise you tonight, Lord. I thank you for your anointing, Lord. I thank you for your word, Lord. I thank you, God, that you... Transition us, Lord. God, that we would start thinking and only wanting your will to be done and say to ourselves every day, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Lord, I thank you, Father, that the spirit of liberality and joy engulf these people, Lord. I pray this blessing upon them now, tonight, Lord, that the spirit of joy and laughter come upon them. Father, next week, it's going to be an easy week, Lord. The heart made merry is like a medicine. Lord, I thank you and I give you all praise and glory. Keep these people safe until we meet again. In Jesus' name, amen.